You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-errands pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day smart metabolic burn by brain md can kickstart your metabolism fight stubborn body fat especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey right now save over 30 percent on smart metabolic burn at getsmartburn.com the lowest price anywhere that's getsmartburn.com don't delay transform your life with smart metabolic burn from brain md these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration our products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease this is your moment your time to shine your comeback you're ready for the next step in your career and you want an education employers respect so you're not just going back to school you're coming back with purdue global backed by purdue university one of the nation's most respected public universities purdue global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Holy Human with Leanne Rimes is a production of iHeartRadio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Holy Human. I am so very grateful that you have joined me today for this episode because I have the chance to connect you to a woman who really helped open up a whole new world for me. And she helped me begin to connect with my intuition and my body on a much deeper level than ever before. Ashley Neese is a renowned practitioner in the life-changing field of breath work. And I say life-changing because that is how powerful this work was for my life. And I'm sincerely excited to share her insight with you on today's Holy Human. And if you know someone you feel could benefit from this episode, please pass it along. If you're moved by this podcast, I would love to hear what it inspired in you. So please leave your thoughts and ratings wherever you're listening to Holy Human. podcast. You were the first person that I felt that I needed to have on here because you have been so pivotal in my journey of coming into my own wholeness and to healing so many parts of myself. I don't ever think that I've ever been able to tell you (laughs) how pivotal you have been and how deeply I am grateful for the work that we have done together. You really are just a guide for my life. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for being with us. Tearing up. (laughs) Just really moved just by your vulnerability and your honesty. And it's been such a gift for me to be on this journey with you. And it's such an honor. And I just have the most like love and respect for you. So I'm thank you. Yeah. It's mutual all the way around. And I love this because this is one of the first practices I think you ever worked with me on and taught me was the praise practice, which first off, how how challenging is a praise practice? Because I, I feel like I've run away from it 
for so long. And just recently, and I've been doing this work now for about eight years, like just recently, can I actually sit within a praise practice and take something in from someone, which is, I think, really huge. I'll just say that's a big growth, a big, big change for me. Why do you think it's so hard for us to receive something like that? Gosh, Leanne, I mean, I think this is such an important question. And just as you were talking, I was feeling my own sense of just how long I've been in this work and how long it's taken me to be able to receive the praise as well. And Mm -hmm. it's just not something that comes naturally to me at all. Like my my natural tendency is just always deflection. It's like, no, 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 no. But if you only knew what was really happening for me, you probably wouldn't want to give me that praise. Or if you knew about my Mm -hmm. history, if you knew this and So there's so much of that that comes up, I think, for all of us, you know, especially given our rough childhoods and just all the things that we've gone through in life. It just makes it really difficult to sit in the vulnerability of actually being seen for our wholeness and seen for our goodness. Yeah. And it's so interesting because it's someone can shame us and talk down to us and we're like, oh, we'll take that all day long. That feels comfortable. That feels maybe like that was thrown at us as as children, like you were saying. And that that's something that we're easily we can take in. But then we talk about praise. It can be so vulnerable to have someone see the good in us, which is so bass backwards. <laughs> I just want to say once again, thank you for teaching me that because you were the first person to introduce me to breath work and That was really my entry point on this healing journey. And I didn't start with meditation. That wasn't the first thing that I gravitated towards. It was, I think, you and your energy. And first off, Instagram kept throwing you up in my feed for like five months. And finally, I was like, I'm going to call this woman. I don't know what she does. I don't know what energy work is. I don't know what breath work is. But there's something in me and my instinct that wanted to connect with you. So Just for everyone, if everyone listening has followed me on my path, they have heard your name many, many times and they've heard me talk about breathwork. So I just want to introduce people to breathwork and what that is a little more today. So for someone out there who doesn't know what it is, can you explain what breathwork is? Yes, I can. And it's a lot of different things. So I think first and foremost, it's a practice of being with yourself. It's a practice that... Um, allows us to bring our awareness inside to our bodies so that we can learn how to regulate, so that we can learn how to bring our nervous systems from a state of override and stress and sympathetic activation to a state of more like calm and peace and healing. It's also mm-hmm. a practice that can be deeply confronting, right? Because for many of us, there's a mm-hmm. reason why and there's probably many reasons why we don't want to sit with ourselves and be with ourselves and for all that complexity and all that richness that's there ultimately the breath is really a tool and a practice for self-healing for embodiment and for empowerment we talk about healing a lot this is a big question but i just want to know from your point of view what is healing That's a huge question. (laughs) It is a big question, question. but we talk about it all the time, like, oh, healing. And I think it's different for everyone. I just wondered what that meant to you. It's interesting, Leanne, you know, because I'm, it's each year that goes by, I think my understanding of what healing is and even the way I would define it changes. Mm -hmm. Um, At this point in my life where I'm sitting today, I feel like healing looks a lot like repair. Healing looks a lot like restoration, right? And Mm -hmm. so when I look at the healing also looks a lot like rest, Mm. (laughs) right? So that kind of slowing down, that rest, that repair, all those like regeneration, those are all the words that kind of come to mind. And those are the types of practices that I'm really involved with right now. And breath work is a huge part of that as well. It's an amazing way to kind of reset and restore and rebalance. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's really what healing it's not, it's not just one word. It's a lot of different words, but they all kind of mean the same thing to me. I love that. And rest. Oh my gosh. Like, I think that's so foreign to so many of us. I know it's still foreign to me. Like I, I, I claim that I'm resting, but I know that I'm not. There's still so much doing within my resting. You know, some of us think just because I'm laying on the couch, 
and working doesn't mean I'm resting. But for me, that can feel like resting. (laughs) It's something that we've been taught we have to do, do, do so much. And rest is not something we're worthy of. Mm. We're, We're talking about worthiness so much, actually, if you think about it, not being able to receive praise not really being able to receive rest. We get down to that core wound of what that is. And it's unworthiness, I I would say. I mean, how do you feel about that piece? Yeah, I feel that's really accurate because that unworthiness piece is a huge driving factor in all of the doing, right? And not even just doing, it's more than doing. It's all the hustling, right? It's the Mm -hmm. hustle, it's the push, it's all the different ways subtle and not subtle that we override our bodies to get whatever it is done or whatever it is accomplished. And then it's like at the end of the day, at what cost, you know, and Mm -hmm. the rest is so huge in that because it is this question of like, oh, when we start to kind of go deeper into those layers of unworthiness, it's like that question, am I worthy of rest? Am Mm -hmm. I actually worthy of taking really deep care of myself? Yeah. And oh my goodness, it's, that's something that I'm, I think we're all coming home to is actually self-care. And I know that's such a buzzword for a lot of people. And some people that can mean many different things to a lot of different people. But for instance, small things like I'm not allowing myself to go to sleep without washing my face. It's little it's tiny things like that for me that I'm really, I'm putting myself before like all the busy stuff that keeps me from the tiny things. And I think that's super important when we're coming home to ourselves to be able to come home to those pieces. I think that's so huge. And what you're saying resonates for me on so many levels. And I found even in these last couple of years, you know, my son just turned two and still as a relatively new parent, to me, they're just these little commitments that I make every day to myself. And they're so simple these days. It's like all about that back to basics. Like, am I drinking mm-hmm. enough water? You know, and like just so simple. Right. When I am not hydrated, like things just aren't right, you know? So it's like just these simple things. Am I drinking enough water? Am I going to commit to drinking water today? And like you said, just do my self-care things, wash my face at the end of the day, brush my teeth, Mm -hmm. run a comb through my hair, just all those simple things. It's like, that's so essential. And sometimes those things can just go by the wayside when I'm focused on my son or like you're saying, I'm focused on these bigger picture things that just need my attention. But I know from my experience, if I'm not doing those little things, I just get destabilized really quickly. Like Mm -hmm. I need those practices to anchor myself. Well, and I love that those are practices. I think when people think of, oh, I have to commit to a practice, I have to commit to a meditation practice or breathwork practice, whatever it is. Sometimes it feels like it has to be large, like, oh, this, this is what a practice looks like when... Really, when we're talking about the commitment, like you're saying, to ourselves as the ultimate practice. And it can look very different for everyone. And I think for me, I know during this time, especially, gosh, I was meditating and breath working and the whole deal for like an hour to an hour and a half every day before we went into lockdown. And I found myself with all of this time and actually not wanting to sit down and do that because obviously there was so much coming up that I was wanting to run away from. But then at the same time, I I started looking at it as it doesn't have to look like that. It can look like anything. I can give five minutes to that. It, it doesn't need to be all or nothing thinking. The little things, just going outside, putting my feet in the grass, whatever it might have been, the smaller things became my practices. And I think that's important for people when they think of starting a practice or, or it doesn't have to look big. I love that. And it doesn't have to look like anybody else's either. We're inundated with so much imagery of here's what spirituality looks like, or here's what breath work looks like, or here's what meditation looks like. And like what you're saying is so important because it's a daily practice, right? It's a daily practice. And so whatever that is, and practice can be having a cup of tea just quietly for a minute. Practice can Mm -hmm. be breathing and that's great, but there's so many things that we can do that are all inherently about self-care and they can all be spiritual just depending on our perspective that day. Mm -hmm, Totally. Um, Just circling back into breath work, breathing is something that we do so inherently and so naturally. And I feel like it's also something that can be the first thing that goes (laughs) when things get stressful, anxiety arises. And it's something that we really haven't, unless we're guided to focus on our breath, it's not something we put our focus on. So can you talk to me a little bit about like when we're holding our breath? 
our daily breathing, if, if we're not somewhat focused in that area, like what can happen to the body and the mind and through lack of air, basically? Yeah, so a lot of different things can happen. Um, we can get headaches, we can feel not as focused, you know, so a big thing that happens mm-hmm. when we start to intake more oxygen as focus, which is amazing. And from doing all this corporate work for so many years, the corporations like to see, okay, what's the metric here? We, they all like metrics, like how can we gauge right. if this is really working or not? And 20 minutes of breathing, then their employees are going and their focus shoots up this huge percentage because they've had a moment to like actually connect to themselves and get <laughs> in more oxygen. A lot of times what happens when there's a stressor to the nervous system or there's anxiety, the body will contract, right? And so in that mm-hmm. contraction, there's tension. And then often in that tension, it kind of can go up your back into your upper shoulders, like traps, neck area, which can then lead to tension headaches and things like that, or even just kind of general stiffness or soreness in the upper part of the body, which is, that's also my picture. As soon as I get stressed, it's yeah. like my back just kind of, I become this turtle in a shell and it just gets really hard <laughs> and rigid. So I know totally. that in those moments, oh, right. Just inhale and just exhale really slowly and start to let everything kind of soften. So those are some of the big things that can happen. And also the other thing that can happen in like a stress and anxiety breathing pattern is it just starts to replicate itself, right? And so often Mm -hmm. you'll hear the phrase, and I hear this a lot in the industry, it's like, just calm down, right? And it's like, well, okay, well, if I could, like, I totally would, but like, I'm super stressed right now. So that's not, that actually makes me more anxious and that makes Mm -hmm. my breath more shallow and more tight. Yeah, that's the worst thing you can say to anyone who's having any kind of anxiety is, oh, just yeah. just calm down, just chill out. It's like, well, if I could, yes, I would. Right? Well, on that note, let's all take a deep breath and we'll be right back with more from Ashley Neese. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, I'm Giancarlo Esposito, and I'm here to introduce you to my character, Gray Parrish, from my new series, Parrish. Yeah, I can drive. My character was a getaway driver. Yeah! I'm retired from a life. You know that. His business is failing. His house is going up for sale. He is the everyman. Tell me about this driver job. We got a lot of action in this show. We have moments of real danger, and we want to feel as if anything could happen. Gray is invited to drive for this man. He's invited to make money, and he quickly realizes this is not the right thing to do. I did what you told me to. And he's in a world over his head. Now, let's go! He will try to do what's right and seek justice. Parish, all new Sundays at 9 on AMC and stream on AMC+. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. 
you know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome back again, my friends. Let's tackle anxiety. When someone is caught in that anxiety spin out, when we all of a sudden can't catch our breath, like what is the most quote unquote right thing to do? I guess it's whatever's right for you, but like what is the most healing thing that we can do in that moment when we feel like, oh my God, like I can't catch my breath? That's a great question. I'm going to answer that with like a couple different suggestions, Abe, because we're all, we all just work so differently. Um, One thing that I typically suggest is a practice called orienting. So, and it doesn't even involve doing anything with your breath. It's literally just looking around your environment, whether you're at home, whether you're out and about in the world, and just looking and focusing your attention on the things that you can see. Right? Mm-hmm. So right now I'm in my office. What can I see? Okay, I can see the window. Right, okay, I can see a lamp. I can see the light coming through the window. So those types of things. And that will automatically start to shift your nervous system from like a mm. more of a sympathetic kind of activated state to start to ground, bring it down, start to slow it down. And then what's really cool with an orienting practice is that instead of just focusing on like, okay, now I'm stressed, I've got to like somehow figure out how to calm my breath down, you know, that can also be really difficult too. (laughs) As we start to orient, the breath will Mm -hmm. naturally start to lengthen, the exhale will slow, our heart rate will go down. And so that's a great practice. Another one that I suggest is a practice, it's just a really simple grounding practice. So just feel your feet on the ground, right? Just feel your feet. You could press one foot down press another foot down, just really bring your awareness and your energy down towards the ground. Um, another thing you can do if, mm-hmm. if you're sitting in a seat is just feel your butt on the seat. You know, oh, okay, my butt's on the seat now. Oh, there's a little bit of settling. And we're not necessarily looking for like, okay, I feel the most relaxed I've ever, ever felt in my life in this moment. <laughs> like that's not the practice that's right. going to do that necessarily. But what we are looking for is just a slight shift. Because once we have that slight shift, then the nervous system can start to downregulate and then we can start to get those longer exhales that we're looking for. Um, I love that because the first thing that people say is like, just take a deep breath. And it's like, well, I can't really get in a deep breath. <laughs> and so, that's, yes. yeah, that's so amazing that you explained that because I think that'll be helpful to so many people is that's not the first thing that we should be focusing on if it's the first thing, you know, because we can't, we can't access that at the moment. So what is accessible? You're totally spot on with that, which is exactly why I suggested it. And I love what you said, because that's something that I used to hear before I, you know, taught breath work. People would say things like, well, just take a deep breath. And I'm like, I'm literally having a panic attack. It's actually not physically possible for me to take a deep breath right now. So what are some other things that I can do? And it's also, you know, a way of working with the body that's less about going straight into the center of the quote unquote problem. And we're kind of working the periphery. Mm -hmm. So instead of going right into the breath and trying to get that longer exhale, we're just looking around the room, right? So it also takes a pressure off. And for those of us, you know, who are like perfectionists or recovering perfectionists and like always want to get it right <laughs> and always want to go full force right into whatever the thing is that we're trying to heal or change. It's like, again, it brings in that softness and that slowness, which is teaching us something mm-hmm. totally different than what we've kind of been conditioned to practice. Yeah, totally. We've been conditioned to attack it. That's <laughs> the first word that came into my mind. Just attack the thing. <laughs> yeah, I think that's one of the things that breathwork has taught me is that softness into the allowance of things, of allowing things to arise and allowing the discomfort to be in that discomfort. Breathwork has helped me to expand my container and my ability to sit in the uncomfortable feelings. Um, can you speak to that a little bit of how breath work can take us on that journey? Yes. And I love what you shared because that's been my experience as well. It's just this kind of ever widening container for being with whatever's showing up in that moment, you know, or the moments. And for me, so much of the breath work practice is about growing our capacity. But going back to the example of that kind of just like highly anxious picture or that panic attack, it's like, so much of what's happening in that moment is there's this perceived emergency, right? It's like, okay, there's an emergency. And, you know, the way that we were brought up was like, okay, well, I have to just go in full force and attack this and handle this emergency right now. But what often happens in that moment is that it's actually the real emergency is already over, right? The emergency is passed. But in that moment, it feels like it's happening now because we've been triggered, right? So there's a trigger that comes up and then we have the panic attack and 
the anxiety picture or the stress or whatever it is that we're trying to change, but we forget that like, oh wait, the emergency's over. And I'm, I'm not saying in a moment, if you're having a real, you know, life or death emergency, like, of course that's an actual emergency, but right. oftentimes <laughs> that's not actually what's happening. Right. So we're just kind of in this imprint from our history. Mm-hmm. And so what breathwork really gives us the space to do it, it kind of opens up our capacity and in working with the imprints from our history, it allows us to start to differentiate. And as we start to differentiate from our history and kind of unhook from the wounds and unhook from those places that bring us so much pain, we can get a little space, right? And in that space, Mm. we can be with whatever's happening because we know in that moment, okay, this is really painful. This hurts so bad. And I'm breathing. My butt is on this chair and I can look out the window. All these things can happen versus before it's like, the pain and the grief can feel so consuming and it can just take you down. You know, mm-hmm. and I've had that experience. Grief has taken me down many times, many times. Mm. And some of us have to go through that process a lot. And grief will definitely take me down again, you know, but I'm going to be able to get back up. Yeah, grief was something that came up for me tremendously when we started working together. My breathwork practice has shifted and changed so many times, but I feel like when we first started diving in, there was so much grief. I mean, I feel like that's why at that point in my life, I was going through so much anxiety and depression was because I wasn't facing that grief. I also felt like I was gonna die if I did because it felt so big. And now when grief comes up, I'm like, oh, I know what that is now. I allow myself space to hold myself in the space, but I would have never known how to hold myself if it wasn't for the practice of breath work, because I, I feel like that's part of what it has, you know, is teaching us as we go through a breathwork practice is how to hold ourselves within all of these complex emotions. That's exactly it. You said it so beautifully. It's how to hold ourselves. It's how to grow our capacity. And it's just how to like actually be in it, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's like what you said, it's like there's so much avoidance and there's so much distraction and and it's, we don't need to beat ourselves up for that. That's totally human. You know, it's like we are humans. Like we want to feel safe and comfortable. And so often our experiences are just really painful and it's hard to Mm -hmm. like sit in that, especially with what you brought up, which is I connect to as well. It's like that fear of like, and I have this with the grief. And I also have worked really hard over a lot of years to overcome my fear of feeling like if I say what I need, something bad's going to happen. Or if I Mm -hmm. say what I need, you know, this person's going to leave or whatever the thing is. It's like that fear was so gripping. Like my throat would get so tight and I would just be terrified to say what I needed. And that's of course from, you know, the history that I have, but Breathing has allowed me the ability to just start to one layer at a time, feel it, just actually feel it, like feel that tension in my throat, feel the pain there, feel the fear, and then actually start to metabolize it, right? And digest it. Yeah. As you're saying that my throat's getting tight. I feel that so deeply because that's something that I think that I've also struggled with and still do, to be honest, is to say what I need. Yeah, I feel feel that intensely. That's what's been so interesting about starting this podcast for me too, is I've been so connected to my singing voice, but my speaking voice and to put myself out in the world in this way is very activating, like so intensely that I'll I'll go into like a free state before we even got on this call. Like my body just, it's learning and I've I would have never been able to do this if I wouldn't have expanded my capacity to be with all of those uncomfortable feelings because I would have immediately shut down and deflected and been like, oh, I can't do that. Which, by the way, everybody that's listening right now and that knows me is like, you did that, sweetheart. You did shut down. (laughs) It's a defense mechanism to shut down and not want to open my voice in this way. But I have learned to be able to sit with all that comes up and that is so uncomfortable. And God, it's been so uncomfortable. But I feel like as I'm starting to do this, like the layers of the energy behind, you know, that, that kind of grips my throat is starting to dissipate. I mean, I feel like sometimes we just have to do the thing that we're so fearful of to be able to start to move through that energetically. 
I totally agree. There is risk involved. There's risk involved in the vulnerability. I think it's Brene Brown says something, and I'm going to misquote her, but (laughs) something about like, there's no vulnerability without risk. That's Mm -hmm. part of the same soup, right? And so for you, like you've done all this work and you've shown up in all these ways and you've done all this healing and processing and being with and just all the feelings and you're like ready for this next step, you know? And so Mm -hmm. you're here doing it and like opening up to it and making yourself available to it, which is so incredible. And It's to me just such a testament to how much you've grown and how willing you've been to continue showing up day after day to your practices and to this work. Thank you. It feels more uncomfortable to not do the thing than it does to do the thing now. I also know how I'm limiting myself. There's pain within that limitation. I hear someone the other day said something like, basically choose your pain because there's pain in the limitation and there's pain in stepping outside of that comfort zone and letting go of that limitation. And so it's like, I think I value growth so much that I would really be denying myself of something that I value deeply if I didn't step outside of that. So yeah, I've just had to do it. <laughs> and I and I find joy in it too. I mean, there is joy in also stepping right into the fear and overcoming, you know, the thing that you thought, you know, five minutes ago was going to literally kill you. And there's great joy to be had in that too, as I'm finding. I agree. And I feel that too. It's like, even just listening to you, I can feel and enjoy just so much potency, right? Like there, that's where our life force energy is. It's like in those moments where we're taking those risks and we're like, and I also completely relate to the kind of pain and suffering of not doing the thing. You know, it's like you get to a certain point in your life and in your healing journey where you're like, okay, it's actually more painful for me to just not show up and do this podcast than it is to Mm -hmm. just show up and do it and like open my heart and, you know, open myself to this experience. And those limitations are so painful. And then like you're saying, we don't, when we stay stuck in those, we don't get to experience the joy. We don't get to experience the kind of potency and the energy and the vitality that comes from you know, moving through what we're here to move through. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you talk about life force energy. I mean, ultimately, like that's what breath is, right? That is our ultimate life force. And when we're shutting down in any way um, and not allowing that breath to like fully move through us and life starts to contract. And I think that that's one of the beautiful things when I started breath work with you is that I started, my life started expanding because there was a, also a, a literal piece of me that I was, I was beginning to expand. I started to get in touch with things that I'd, I've always been in touch with my intuition, but there was definitely so many voices in my head at one point. I mean, there were figuratively and literally, there were, there were a lot of people around me. And so there was constantly different voices and I started to lose touch with my intuition. And I feel like breath work is such a direct line to intuition. You talked about clarity earlier. And I remember like we would start our session and I would be so fearful and confused. And then all of a sudden we would breathe and I would start talking to you like mid breathwork session about all the things that I was just so super clear on that I was very confused about 20 minutes beforehand. I'm smiling so big because I just have such fond (laughs) memories of those sessions with you and just those moments. And you would get so razor focused and the intuition would come in so strong. And there was no doubt. To me, that's one of the most incredible things about breathwork. You know, I love that you touch on this too, because what it does is it just kind of filters out all the noise. It gets us really clear. It gets us that direct line to our intuition, which then once we've got that, we can start to build our trust muscle, right? We can start to build the muscles that we need to start to listen to that and trust that intuition off the mat, so to speak, right? When we're outside of practice and when our lives are expanding and things are opening up, you know, there's this consolidation of just energy. Once we start the breathing practice, it's like there's this burn off period. And like a lot of the stuff just starts to burn off. It's like the thing that we were worried about from two days ago or earlier today, it's like everything just starts to burn off and kind of filter through and we start to process it and metabolize it. And then what's really important, right? What really matters, what's kind of underneath all the mirage of stuff starts to emerge. And to me, that's the one of the most beautiful things about the practice is because we start to go through all those layers and we get right down to the core. And even if in the core, it's like, oh, I'm feeling that I'm more actually really afraid of X. It's like, great, that's really good to know because before mm-hmm. it was just confusion, distraction, avoidance, whatever it was. Once we get through those first 15 to 20 minutes of practice, there's just enough space for us to be able to hear ourselves, 
for us to be able to actually listen to ourselves in that moment and then to be able to voice whatever needs to come forward or take action on whatever we need to take action on. So Mm -hmm. to me, it's like that first part of the breathing is like a clearing and just kind of consolidation process that happens both physiologically with their breath and then also energetically as well. Those types of things are just so, so, so empowering and important because it's like we can do so much talk therapy, but unless we're addressing the body, that information is not going to come out. And so it's essential that we do some kind of mind-body, some kind of somatic practice to help us unlock and release and, you know, not just our past traumas, but also, you know, the joy and the creativity that we want for ourselves moving forward. All right, you guys, let's take a quick pause. But when we return, we're going to dive into why body work can feel so incredibly intimidating. We'll be right back. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, I'm Giancarlo Esposito, and I'm here to introduce you to my character, Gray Parish, from my new series, Parish. Yeah, I can drive. My character was a getaway driver. Yeah! I'm retired from life. You know that. His business is failing. His house is going up for sale. He is the everyman. Tell me about this driver job. We got a lot of action in this show. We have moments of real danger, and we want to feel as if anything could happen. Gray is invited to drive for this man. He's invited to make money, and he quickly realizes this is not the right thing to do. I did what you told me to. And he's in a world over his head. Now, let's go! He will try to do what's right and seek justice. Parish, all new Sundays at 9 on AMC and stream on AMC+. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome back, everyone. When I met you, I had gone to treatment after my 30th birthday, and it was a couple of years after that, and I had done plenty of talk therapy. Not that that isn't amazing. It definitely is and has definitely served its purpose for me, but I felt like I was kind of going round and round in circles until I began to get into the body. I was, As I'm listening to you talk about this, I feel like this can sound incredibly scary for a lot of people. It's not like, oh, yeah, let's just jump in so I can dig up all the shit that's gone on in my life for, you know, however many years. What do you say to people like that may be listening and going, oh, this sounds this sounds terrifying? I really get that. And I've had so many people come, you know, (laughs) when I was doing a lot of private sessions, I'd sometimes have people come and they're like, they would say things like, I mean, I kind of know why I'm here. I kind of don't. 
I'm really scared. I'm scared that like, I'm going to discover something that I just don't want to know, you know, too. And there's like, oh, right. that I just really don't want to feel, you know? Um, and mm-hmm. that's, I really get that. I really get that. And, you know, there's like, there's not really a whole lot of comfort that I can necessarily give somebody who's just starting out. <laughs> and as somebody who's been deeply involved in like breathing and meditation for a long time and also thinking about myself when I first started this path at 23 years old and, you know, was in rehab and was just like completely like just scared out of my mind, you know, because I'd mm. also spent so many years like drinking and using drugs and doing all these things to not feel myself. And then when the opportunity came to actually sit and just be with myself, it was honestly excruciating. And it really hurt and it was really painful to have to feel so much of what I'd been putting away or what I'd been kind of living with for so long and or avoiding just all the things. And really what I want to say to people who are just getting started is just go slow. You know, mm-hmm. like we don't, you know, I'm the kind of person who's like, I started my practice just going full force. And I don't recommend that. I really don't recommend that to people. That's, <laughs> let me be an example of like what not to do, you know, but just go really slowly. You know, I write about this in my book. It's like do one practice and if it feels like it's too much for you, stop. Just stop. You don't have to mm-hmm. push yourself here. You don't have to. And actually what's more healing and what's more restorative and reparative for our nervous systems is to not override and to just go in Mm -hmm. as much as we can. And so, for example, if you're working with grief, like feel your grief in your breathing practice, 5%. Just feel it 5%. And that's all you need to do in that moment. And if it feels like you want to feel it 10%, feel it 10%. And if you start to get overwhelmed, back off. There's so much to be said for doing this work in a titrated, slow, safe and contained way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I've also started to trust and I've, I've kind of always been this way, but I was trusting what comes up is, is what you can handle. You know what I mean? Like you can, I think that's when we start to really build trust within ourselves and, and our intuition and trusting that we can handle it. And that's been huge for me going back to that thing of, oh my God, I'm going to die. Like if I feel this, it's wait, I'm being shown this for a reason. I'm being, I'm, I'm here in this moment for a reason to be able to feel this. And that I've, I think I've thought those things for a long time, but um, I haven't really felt that kind of trust. So it has taken some time to build that trust in myself. And the only thing I would say too, for folks who are, if you're curious about starting a breathing practice and want to do some things on your own, is just to get support. You know, even mm-hmm. if you have a one person in your life, it doesn't have to be even anybody in your family, but just a trusted friend. You can be like, hey, I'm going to start this journey and I'm scared. I don't know what's going to come up, but, you know, can I just check in with you about it? Or can I just get your support and just know that you're here kind of cheering me on doing this thing? And even that can just work wonders to know, like, there's a person in my corner. There's somebody who's got my back. So if I just go off the rails here and like it gets really intense, like, I can call somebody and just check in with them. Yeah. There was a quote that I saw that you said, healing is a natural byproduct of experiencing each other's vulnerability, which I think is so beautiful. I mean, I feel like that connection with even one person is so important in our healing journey to be witnessed. And it's uncomfortable to be witnessed, I think, in, you know, a lot of our pain, because I think a lot of us can feel like, oh, I know my pain is too much. Like when those things start to arise, how do we deal with that mental chatter and to be able to start connecting with others? A big part of it for me has been being in relationships where it's safe, right? So choosing mm-hmm. relationships that are safe, where I can show up and where I can even be super vulnerable and just say, you know, in a moment, hey, I'm feeling like I'm taking up a lot of space and I'm feeling super weird and insecure about that now. Is that your experience? You know, and so <laughs> even as I say that, my body kind of like contracts and I'm like, ew, that like is so like, ooh. It's like the, the teenage me is like, oh, hell no, I would never say something like that. You know what I mean? It's like yes. tough as nails. But as an adult, it's like that's that's been part of it. It's but like that's been a huge part of my healing is just to reach over to my partner and I just say, hey, babe, like, I'm just feeling so just scared right now, you know, and do you still love me <laughs> or whatever it is? Just stuff right. that I, my younger self would just cringe at the thought of saying, but it's, it's really healing, you know, and then he can give me his honest feedback and be, he'll be like, no, you're not taking up too much space or 
I'm really appreciating that you're being honest with me instead of just projecting all your stuff on me. You know what I mean? It's like, what's right. the alternative in a relationship? It's like, I'd much rather you just say, hey, I'm really angry with you than lash out at me. Like that is an <laughs> totally. amazing alternative. So he's always super on board and really happy when I'm able to show up in those ways. But I think that's a big part of it is just like having, establishing that trust in relationship and having, you know, a couple of people that you can really just kind of unwind with. That's even something that I'm still learning and something that you've taught me and something you're just reminding me of just speaking the thing, not having to project, but just speaking out the thing that you're feeling. It literally shifts energy instantly. It does take a certain level of vulnerability to be able to do that. And, 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 um, I feel like I'm still on that journey of learning how to not hold those things in, you know, me too, (laughs) me too. And over the last couple of years, what I've really come to is that it's really about just being in connection and it's about being Mm -hmm. in connection. And in those moments when I feel like, Oh, like what you were describing, because you and I are both very similar in this way where like, we're so sensitive energetically. It's like, as soon as somebody's like calibration changes, even just like half a degree, you're like, Whoa, I felt that what's going on. You know, it's like the signals (laughs) go out. You're like, are you mad at me? What's happening? Like, huh? Totally. (laughs) I remember a therapist years ago, he's like, you are like, exquisitely tuned you know it's like you're like this exquisitely tuned <laughs> instrument and I'm like I am that's right that's a superpower that's a nice way of saying it, it is a superpower <laughs> and it's something to be so grateful for and in those moments it's like it's a lot of work you know so I'm like okay I'm feeling something and then instead of just going into my little cave or being angry or whatever it is that I'm doing I gotta just say well I'm feeling something here's what I'm noticing it's a practice of naming and I'll just start to say like my stomach's getting tight I'm scared right now. And then that actually just gives my partner an opportunity Mm -hmm. to be like, I can show up for that, right? He can 100% show up for that, just like I can show up for that with him. But when it comes out as like, I start lashing out or I totally check out or any of those other things, then he's kind of going, wait, where are you? Like, what's going on? And so naming is what brings us into connection. And it's such a practice. It's such a practice. I'm so far from where I want to be. <laughs> I feel the same way, but I'm, but I'm still learning, you know, I mean, we're learning and I, the more I choose to show up in that way, I won't say easier it gets, but the more practiced I become at it, <laughs> you know, exactly. it's never really easy, but it becomes something that becomes more repetitive for people out there listening who are thinking, oh yeah, like that's me. What's just a simple tip for people to begin to work with that energy and their sensitivity? Taking some time to connect to nature, right? Because that's mm. such, like nature for me is just like the kind of great equalizer. It's the great restabilizer. So it's like just taking a moment to let our energy kind of tap into something that's holding us. Right? So what mm. often happens with a lot of the empathy and the sensitivities and those kind of things, it can just pull us in so many different directions. It can feel really destabilizing. And so the first thing we want to do is like find our ground, right? And so I know we're moving into winter up where I am. We just had our first snow. And so it's less about being barefoot right now because it's just too cold. Yeah. But, um, you know, anything that we can do, I'll soak my feet at night you know, with warm water. And just even that is so grounding. And it just helps me like feel into my body, feel into my own space. And that's just a first great tip for anybody who wants to just know how to start to work with that kind of sensitive and empathetic energy is just connect to nature. I love that. And I've been doing that more and more talking about like nature holding us. And I haven't really grasped that until recently. And there's something about really deeply connecting with the ground that has brought me into, I don't know, it feels like I'm, like you said, it feels like you're being held. It feels very motherly. I mean, that's, that mother earth thing is living up to to its <laughs> name. But um, no, and I love the, I love the soaking of the feet. Cause I think I've never been a huge bath person. And so many people talk about baths and I'm like, oh, I, I like them, but I don't do them all the time. Soaking the feet seems a lot more accessible. So thank you for recommending that. Oh, you're welcome. I do like that. Yeah. yeah, just put some essential oils in there, or even like a fresh bigger rosemary or something that can be really nice. And I'm like you, I love I love a bath too, but I'm like, I don't know, sometimes it just feels like a lot and like a foot soak just feels really yes. manageable, you know? <laughs> I would love to know with your son, like how has your son changed your work and your mission in this world? Mm, God, Leanne, in, in ways that I just never expected, even just getting pregnant, you know, I hear a lot of moms say like, oh, it forced me to do X. And for me, it was really just an opportunity to 
start to really embody the things that I had been working towards, the slowing down, working less. Being pregnant also gave me so many incredible opportunities to practice boundaries around work, which was huge. Instead Mm -hmm. of just saying like yes to every opportunity that came through, I was like really having to look at like, okay, I only have X amount of energy in a day. Now, especially that I'm growing this little human miracle in my uterus. So where am I going to put my energy? You know, and I could already see it's like as soon as he comes earthside, it's going to be a whole another ballgame of just kind of recalibrating my energy and where I want it to go. But it's been an incredible process of going even deeper internally and really shifting the focus. So less kind of on what I'm producing and what I'm creating for the world and more about like just how I'm living on a day-to-day basis. And that's been a huge Mm. shift. And it's been an ego kind of die off for so much of my life. I've put so much stock in like my accomplishments and, you know, whether that be education or whether that be like, you know, the work that I do or any of those things, which are all valid and incredible. And I feel super fortunate to be able to do what I do. And I know it's like such an incredible blessing and gift. And, you know, it's a huge privilege. And I also really struggled with my worth. Like how Mm -hmm. much do I have to work? How hard do I have to push myself? And being pregnant was just this beautiful opportunity to go, my body's working so hard growing this human. Like everything outside can just like take a back seat because this is like really awesome, you know? Like I don't have to like, I'm already like creating a life here, people. Like I don't need to do all this other stuff. (laughs) And then, you know, birthing him and bringing him into the world. And now he just turned two and just really Mm -hmm. showing up. Just been a refinement process. I've really been refining like what my mission is in the world, what my mission is just individually as a parent, as a partner, person in my community, how I want to show up, where I want to spend my energy and what really matters. And it's been this like massive editing process and it's been so fun to just go and redline anything that just isn't driving with me anymore. You know, anything that just Mm -hmm. isn't giving me the energy exchange and the reciprocation that I'm looking for. I'm just, you know, saying goodbye. And there's been grief and sadness and letting a lot of kind of parts of myself shift and die, but it's also been this incredible initiation into the next phase of my life. Yeah. I see such a softening within you and that's so beautiful. I so desperately want that too for myself. And I know I have, I know I've softened a lot around so many things and you and I, like you were saying earlier, you and I are very similar in that way of like driven and, you know, accomplishments and all the things. And I honestly think that that's one of the, the, everything you just talked about is what's always scared me about motherhood. <laughs> like actually, you know, I have two stepsons and it's very different though, you know, to have your own child. And I think everything you just said is like, oh, that's what, that's exactly what would happen if I got pregnant. And there's something about that that has terrified me to be really honest, but there's something also when listening to you talk about it, that sounded really inviting. So yeah, you just piqued my interest on motherhood then. <laughs> I'm like, maybe. Oh, I love that. I change back and forth all the time. Yes. Now, I want to finish um, our conversation. By the way, thank you for this lovely conversation. I hope people kind of have gotten a, a better idea of how breathwork has led me into this journey and what it could also possibly do for them. Um, but part of your breathwork sessions that I loved so much is your music because I feel like you and I had a conversation. You listened to what I needed. And then you chose songs as I was breathing that like spoke directly to that. And I think that's what (laughs) music is my entryway into any kind of emotion. And it's, it, I think it is for a lot of people because of that, I've just always loved the music that you chose. So I would love to know what your, we call this the Holy five. So five songs that speak to like the wholeness of maybe your life now or your life, uh, you know, over the entirety of your life. But some some great music from you and why you you love these songs. I would love to know. You know everything about music. You're like all the things. I'm like, I'm going to come in here with my little like playlist and she's going to be like, please, this is like, the song sucks. I was so scared no, that you so were going to be like, what is she playing? <laughs> like, doesn't she, what is she doing? So I was like, oh, no. so, I'm so happy to hear that. And I know, you know, we would talk about it, but those first couple of yeah. sessions, I was just a little bit nervous. I'm like, oh my gosh. That's like, hysterical. <laughs> it was I love really that. funny just thinking about that. Um, 
So, and this funny, the funny part is, is that I've, I've literally gotten so much of my great music from you and from sessions. Cause I would be at the end, I'd be like, what is that song you just played for me? Uh, so yeah. So <laughs> that's funny. Please. I'm pulling up this playlist right now. You know, we're talking about our son Solomon and he's really mm-hmm. into music and um, oh, awesome. it's incredible. Like what, like how like, kind of eclectic his taste is. These aren't necessarily the songs that like I would say like define my life overall, but definitely in this moment, right. they're the ones that are like on repeat. And we've got Running Up That Hill, Kate Bush, big one. Oh yeah, a oh, yeah. great song. <laughs> he loves that then, song. We've so, got, really? Uh, oh yeah, he's, he's a so, I mean, huge like, Kate Bush fan. Huge Kate Bush oh, fan. Oh my God. I mean, for a two-year-old, that's amazing. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> I know. Um, we've got It's My House, Diana Ross. Uh, <laughs> that one's been really fun with him. A musician that we love, listen to a lot in our house is Trevor Hall. And um, a song of his that we all love so much is called Chapter of the Forest. And his songs are really deep and there's so much about nature and animals and community and kind of spirituality. I now learn from the wind and rain, from the song of the lion's mane. And as he tosses the sun and I said back and behold that too. I love his music. Yeah, I love him. Got a fun one in here. Man Eater. Um, Holland Oats. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> also, when Solomon was little, he was just learning to talk and he was beat in the backseat and we'd put on Man Eater and he would, every time it would go to the part where it says Man Eater, he'd sit in the back and go, man, man, oh. man. <laughs> it was epic. Um, I love it. That's so, so funny. Was that was that four or five? I'm sorry, I lost count. That was four. That was four. That was four. We four. need one more. Okay, one more. Jose Gonzalez. Yeah. Stay alive. That's oh, a really, very cool. That's a really beautiful song. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing. Like I said, your music choices have always been on point. So I appreciate it. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah, thank you for all that you've done in my world and um, continue to do. And I, um, yeah, I appreciate you coming on here and sharing your wisdom with all of our listeners. And I hope that uh, they've found something that deeply touched their heart. And maybe some of them will uh, begin on their own breathwork journey because I think it is incredibly transformational. Both of us can definitely speak to the power of it. So thank you again. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me on, Leanne. It's been such a beautiful hour and so meaningful to me on so many levels. And I'm just, my heart is so full of gratitude in this moment. And yeah, I just have so much love and appreciation and respect for you. And thank you so much. Thank you. And then we'll end with that praise practice right there. Thank you so much for joining me here today. I am so glad that we got to spend this time together. And if there's someone in your life you feel could also find inspiration in today's conversation, please share this episode with them. And if you were moved by today's episode, let me know your thoughts by leaving me a comment and rating wherever you found Holy Human. On our next Holy Human, I'll introduce you to one of my dearest friends, life coach Ryan Weiss. We'll let you in on one of our deep conversations that we have on the regular. And I promise you, you will love his brilliant heart and insight. Listen and follow Holy Human on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-errands pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Are you feeling overwhelmed by anxiety, struggling to find restful sleep, or plagued by a restless inability to focus? It's time to break free from the chains of mental health challenges and discover a path to healthy living. Welcome to Amen University, founded by renowned psychiatrist and brain health expert, Dr. Daniel Amen. Dr. Amen, alongside a team of esteemed doctors and experts in their fields, understands the struggles you're facing and are here to offer solutions. From debilitating anxiety to sleepless nights filled with worry, our courses are meticulously crafted to target these specific challenges head on. Join us on a journey of transformation led by Dr. Amen and a roster of top-tier professionals. Say goodbye to the constant battle with your mind and embrace a future filled with hope and possibility. Visit our website today to explore our courses and start your journey towards a brighter tomorrow. Use code BRAIN10 and get 10% off. That's code BRAIN10 and get 10% off your first purchase. Amen University, because your mental health matters.